0: your business so don't like especially any kind of business what you want to do you must know the business you must know the customer otherwise uh, don't start the company like just looking through twitter or whatever so okay that company has raised that much i can do that like this kind of stuff but definitely know your market know your technology and uh, know your business so that is definitely what i would like to (laughs) do
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with the, another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that started several uh, s- uh, seven and eight figure uh, startups, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. Um, today we have another great guest on the podcast, and it's Sooner Hachi, or as close as I can get to pronouncing it right. And... Uh, <laughs> Sooner uh, started in Germany, worked on some uh, CMOS technology for a period of time, um, worked on uh, different technologies and smart buildings and sm- smart homes and smart companies, and uh, then has transitioned over to what he is doing now. And he'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, so, welcome yeah. onto the podcast. Thank you very much, Devin,
0: for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here.
1: Love, love to have you on. So I gave just a very brief and high-level introduction, but maybe let's us if you can walk us through a bit of your journey and kind of how, or where you started out with and what the journey is to get you to where you're at today.
0: Sure, definitely. So, like, I studied computer science, but uh, to be honest, like I didn't like it too much. Then, uh, then uh, I said I should be on the business side, and uh, and as you said, I started my. Uh, professional life and professional career in, 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 in building technologies uh, located in Germany. Uh, and I was all like, uh, for the last 12 years, I was only uh, involved in smart buildings, energy management technologies, and anything that has to do with buildings. And uh, at the time, I was basically responsible for uh, emerging markets like business development, new market entries, and entering new markets, uh, growing the team over there, uh, and then, of course, building up these strategic partnerships in different countries from Brazil into China, and then moving to Turkey and MENA region, and um, also including like uh, other countries that are uh, around Europe. And uh, but uh, at the time, like uh, we were like selling really expensive uh, building technologies in, in different like for. Shopping malls to office buildings to airports or whatever. So, uh, but the problem that we saw actually at that time uh, like we were selling those smart systems, but uh, after a couple of months, everyone was starting, especially on the customer side, uh, was starting to complain like, okay, the system is not really uh, efficient and we have problems and it is not smart and we cannot control it right and it is overcooling, overheating, and these kind of stuff. Uh, At that time, I was really explaining, trying to explain, actually, uh, like those technologies are as smart as the people that are using it so at the end of the day they don't have like an isolated systems like the engineers are programming it mm. and they are mostly uh, like calculated before life starts in those buildings and, but as soon as life started in those buildings those systems were running disconnected from the real life and all dependent on human input and that was the starting point because you know at that time were I was trying to convince the executives uh, to make like okay we can do it like a new innovation you know, this kind of thing and like make it make it more adaptive but no one took care of it you know and then we we decided to okay spin off the company start so beat before and before we get
1: into the spin off let's talk about that for just a minute so you were you were working i think the company was named Cmax is that right
0: yes C-Max, so, yes
1: so you are working for uh, Cmax and they were a, a big german company they yes. were they were in the smart building technology and so if yes. I, maybe if I summarize or understand, you know, you were in the smart building technology, you were integrating mm-hmm. all of that, and yet the customers yeah. weren't happy with the product. Is that right? Or yes. basically wasn't that, smart enough or it didn't do a yes. good enough job for what it yeah. was touted to do. So if yes. I remember when we talked a little bit about it, before you saying, hey, I'm going to start my own company, you tried mm-hmm. to start that out or start something or update that or work within the company you're at to see if you could solve the problem, so to speak, from within, right? Meaning, hey, yes. can we create a new division update the products do something so maybe tell a little or before we jump over to your startup Mm -hmm. you know how did that go or how did you Mm -hmm. approach that within the bigger company and why you know why didn't that work
0: yeah at that time like exactly like it was kind of like intrapreneurship so like uh, not doing this spin-off but trying to do something inside the company and uh, like speaking with executives or department managers and people that can make a decision. So we were always, because we are, we were the one that were involved and speaking with the customers and being on site always on the field. And uh, at that time we were like saying, okay, look, we were getting these responses and those are the customer feedbacks. And why don't we create like an additional system that can work on top of it. But you you know, like the bigger the companies get, it is like the processes takes too much time and too long time. So. And then they will be like, end like these endless meetings, like, okay, we should have a meeting, let's do a meeting and then a meeting after a meeting and then a new meeting with another department. And then the IT department is gonna involve this kind of stuff. And then it starts this endless process of those meetings, reports and this kind of stuff, but uh, nobody decides on something. And, uh, and I tried like, uh, like close to one year. So, because that was really a problem. And, and we saw that, that's really really a pain in the market as well. But mm. uh, most of them, what I see is like, especially those big companies, they are focused on like, okay, generating new projects, generating new revenue, and then uh, moving to another customer, moving to another country, and this kind of stuff. They don't uh, they don't want to stay uh, and to be like, binding to uh, to the existing customer for too long mm. time. And, uh, and therefore, I think it was, uh not like worry um, even there was like a huge potential but they were not really interested and uh, and so and actually we we said, we said okay that's not going to happen so one question so was it the the
1: company, because I think there are a lot of people that are probably in that, mm-hmm. hey, I've got an idea. Hey, I, you know, if my company will approach it or pick it up, I think that it would be helpful to the company. So you're trying to work within the company that you have. It was it The company was not, wasn't receptive to it, wasn't listening, or is it just they move too slowly for, how you, or for what you thought the market wanted? So, you know, because there's kind of that difference. Hey, the company is yeah. big and it just moves slowly, but they're receptive and they're willing to implement it versus, mm-hmm. hey, you know... No, they don't even want to listen. They're not willing to, they don't want to have that input. They just want to do it the way they've always done it. Kind of, you know, yeah. kind of which flavor did it
0: give you? Yeah, I think in our case, like uh, it was both. Like uh, they were first not listening and they were saying that, okay, we have tons of other things to do. So we don't have the resources. Even they have the resources, but they don't want it to be. That. And usually I think another problem was, those ex, ex uh, like those executives or like that hired they were like uh, like 20, they're in in the same company for twenty five years thirty years so they don't want to deal with a new thing or an, a newcomer that like us okay like why don't I bother with those new things and I have like my stuff to do and and this kind of stuff and that was the biggest problem but of course like um, uh, they were not fast enough they were not like uh, uh, agile enough thats that that was there, but the the bigger problem was they were not willing to do it. they were not willing to change as well and uh, and I think that was the biggest part where where they say that they okay, we don't do it or uh, that's not un- that's that's right now un- unnecessary we don't do it
1: okay, no so th- that makes perfect sense so as you as you come to that realization or say now it's not going to work within the company, the confines of the company I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, but I feel there's an opportunity here. How was yeah. that transition to going out on your own? Was it, hey, I'm going to start this as a side gig, mm-hmm. and I'm going to work, <laughs> you know, with the company I'm at now, or hey, I've mm-hmm. got enough savings, I'm going to go all in mm-hmm. on this, or I went out and got investors, or kind of, how did mm-hmm. you make that transition from, you know, from working the CMax to doing
0: something mm-hmm. on your own? So in that case, like I totally decided, okay, I will go full force on it. So. Because otherwise, I don't think that it will work. Like uh, it's like working part time, especially if you are uh, trying to do something that is somehow like a deep tech kind of thing. Like like okay, I can do an e-commerce on the site, this kind of stuff. But if you if you are willing to do uh, this really like high tech thing, then you need to be there like full time. So in my case, it was like okay, I will I will just quit my job and I will be there full time and full force, everything there. And um, uh, luckily I was also involved in, with some um, executives from other companies like uh, energy utilities from Austria, this kind of stuff. And uh, I was speaking with them and one of them backed me up as well at that time. So, and then I said, okay, we should start. And then uh, it moved on. So I did not do that go that route that, okay, we, I can start uh, part-time, I can work on the weekends and then try, that will never happen. So that is also what I also see as well especially in tech startups so uh, either you go full everything on uh, or you don't do it uh, uh, in the beginning so in my case it was okay i will do it because also i i was I, I have been speaking like with over 100 people before i took that decision especially for like facilities manager engineers like uh, other companies that had these uh, problems and so on and with all those feedbacks that i get i said okay that's really a problem and i can really focus on that so Short
1: answer is you decided to go all in, You decided, hey, I'm yes. going to quit my job, start this new yes. thing. I think it's, you know, I've done my, some of my market research. I've talked yeah. with other people. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good go of it. You know, yes. so as you made that jump, you say, okay, I quit my job. Mm-hmm. going to go all in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, was that a smooth transition to, from day one? It started mm-hmm. to work perfectly and you had customers out the door was it a slow build and ups and downs or how did they go how did that transition go from hey i've been working for a big company to hey i've got an idea i'm
0: going to start my own thing oh okay it was never like that easy i hope i wish that it was like that but uh, uh, uh like it was really it's like having being responsible for your own company is really different, and it's not like you can say that okay, I don't want to work today, this kind of stuff. But uh, what we saw also is like, uh, especially if you are by your own, your own, like uh, with the uh, with the co-founder, of course, like who was the CTO. And uh, the, in the beginning, it was really difficult to convince people, especially for potential B two B customers, to work with us because they know today the we are a really new company that has, that is like not even one year old and. Uh, in the first one and a half years, it was really difficult. Then we also de- focused on on the R and D and development. And but after one and a half years, it started to move on. But uh, the first time, the first one year, especially, it was really difficult to uh, to keep up with the market and then to do the research to convince people, and this kind of stuff. It was not easy.
1: So during that first year, you know, if it sounds like you're saying, and I think that's you know certainly a valid you know issue a lot of companies faces. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're a new company, new startup, getting customers to trust us and to say, hey, we'll go with you, we'll give you money, we'll get, or we'll hire yeah. you. It always mm-hmm. takes a, some time and work and ability to get traction. And it's always easier yes. once you start getting customers to build on that because then you have a track record. You can show the other yes. work you've done for them. So during that year that you're building and things are slow and they're difficult and trying to convince customers, doing the R&D. You know what did you do for revenue is that you know living off of personal savings investment dollars maxing out mm-hmm. the credit cards moving back <laughs> in with your parents or any of all own but how did you you know how did you deal with the idea of i've got you know i've got to fund this company um mm-hmm. while, while we get to
0: start to get that revenue building yeah so yeah uh, like in that in the, in the first year like let's say also like in the first and a half years. year so definitely plus also personal savings and, uh, but also we were lucky that we were, we started in Europe. So, you know, there are really uh, uh, fast track grant applications that you can do. And especially if you are working for on a technology that is focused on sustainability, uh, also like lean tech stuff. So we also took those grants as well. So in the first year, so that really helped us uh, to uh, to have money in the account, especially, uh, so the money that we are spending on R&D, research, everything uh, you spend, and then you get, you get that back from the government. So that really helped as well especially I think I can easily say that that saved the first one of years. So we, uh, we received a couple of grants for our research and then that is that, that keeps us alive.
1: So if local government was friendly, provided support yes. and also grants and then it sounds like yeah. a little bit of savings as well, kind of the combination of yes. all of that. So now as you now as yes. you get the company you know get start to get traction, start to build it, how did that transition go? Does it continue to go upwards? Mm-hmm. Is it gone downwards with COVID? Is it mm-hmm. continue to um, to build things out, do more R and D, or kind of what's that? What's that transition been to kind of bring it up till today?
0: Oh, okay. And it, after that, like after our first customer that we that we signed, after like that was close by the end of two thousand eighteen, and uh, then we also saw uh, we also see that our technology is really. Uh, working on a way that they also uh, would like to work so that was really a good fit uh, for us and then i think everyone everything moved a little bit more faster because uh like the customer was really satisfied and they they promoted us to other customers they they were these big holding companies that have like a couple of other companies as well and then we jumped from each one uh, one to another and that really was uh, like moving really fast. And, but also what we saw, especially in during that phase is also like uh, what, uh, it is something different that uh, in your office that you are trying to do but it's really different on the field. And then at that time, for example, we were thinking that, okay, we can only have a software solution that can solve the problem, but we saw that it cannot be, it's can, it not solving the problem. We need also the hardware. So then we do the hardware as well. And then we said, okay, we have, we have right now the hardware and the software, uh, but we didn't have, for example, at that time, the controlling feature. We were thinking that, okay, if we provide like a real-time feedback, reports, then everyone will look at it. Everyone will take action according to, to those reports. But we realized that nobody takes action. So nobody looks at the reports, nobody locks in, they have excuses all the time. And then we said that, okay, we should have these controlling features. We should do a little bit so that the system can more and less be an autonomous controlling system as well so that it can decide by itself. And after having that feature, that was uh, the accelerating point in our case. So everyone was looking for it so that we no one would like to depend on human anymore and that was the really big jump for us actually so that that also created like a, a differentiation according to our competitors in the on the field as well so we were basically the only one company that were uh, that was able to uh, to uh, offer the controlling future as well uh, of the buildings and uh, but fast forward so uh, covid actually interestingly in the beginning of course uh, it affected us because we were only targeting commercial buildings. So we didn't do anything on the residential part. We were always and only on the commercial side. So, and in the beginning, obviously like everything was closed. Nobody was doing something. Some of the customers, they did they pay us for a couple of months. And some of them they said they will just close because they don't have a business anymore and this kind of stuff. But it's really interesting. What happened uh, during the last three months is Uh, everything changed all of a sudden because they see that they right now need more information from those buildings. Either they are preparing for the openings, they they need to reduce their operational costs, they need to maximize their operations and optimize this kind of stuff. So COVID really showed them that they cannot rely on those traditional technologies or traditional industries that are human-focused. They need to move from uh, these like manual uh, traditional in industries and technologies into digital world. So that is right now, for example, uh, really like we are getting every day two or three calls from different companies, even from outside the U S like Southeast Asia, Pacific Asia. And we started a couple of projects and I think COVID uh, has shown those companies, like either they are real estate companies, construction companies uh, or retail chains that uh, they need to, uh, to convert their buildings portfolio into digital assets and, uh, uh, and they need to have that information anytime, anywhere and instantly and that's helped us a lot to right now. Uh, even right now, we don't need to convince people. They are just calling us and saying, yeah, we need that, how, we, how can we do that? Yeah.
1: Well, that's, that's awesome. That's certainly um, great progress. And I, I, it's great to hear that uh, you guys have continued to have success I uh, it seen to continue to build for you. So now as we kind of uh, reach the, the point in the podcast where I always ask uh, two questions. Um, so we'll jump to that now. So the first question I always ask is, so what was the worst business decision you ever made?
0: Mm-hmm. Worst business decision that we ever made was in the beginning, uh, having too many people as uh, like hiring too many people they needed. So that was the worst ever decision that we did. And uh, because in the beginning we were like, in, even in the, Uh, In the first year, we had 10 people working for us. That was too early. Like, uh, I think uh, hiring too fast was the biggest mistake that we did.
1: Yeah, and I think and that's, I think, a a problem that a lot of startups have, you know. Either don't hire fast enough or you hire too (laughs) fast, right? You wait too long and then you start to have quality issues or you aren't able to fill orders. And on the flip side, if you hire too fast and you're having too high of a burden, you're having too big of a burn, and you're not, and you yes. have people that are sitting around or you're not able to keep or yes. and that. So I think that yeah. it's, I mean, it's always hard to find that <laughs> sweet spot of where you yes. hire just enough. You have the right amount of staff. You're not too understaffed. Yeah. Or you're not too overstaffed. So I think that's yes. a, that a great point. So, okay. Now the second question. So if you were to talk into someone that's just getting into startups or small businesses, what would be the mm-hmm. one, uh, one piece of advice you'd
0: give them? Uh, I definitely will, uh, the advice that I will give know your business. So don't like, especially any kind of business, what you want to do, you must know the business. You must know the customer. Otherwise, uh, don't start the company like just looking through Twitter or whatever. So, oh, okay, that company has raised that much. I can do that, like this kind of stuff. But definitely know your market, know your technology and uh, know your business. So that is definitely what I would like to give you.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, I think that's both uh, a good lesson learned as, as well as good good piece of advice. Well, as people, whether they want to get to know more about your business, reach out to you personally, invest in you, be a customer, yes. and, or get a job there, any or all of the above, um, what's the best way to reach out to you and connect up with you?
0: Sure, like I am really like uh, re- online on LinkedIn anytime. So I am accepting any uh, most of the uh, requests like this kind of thing, but also they can reach out to me on email so i am mostly i am responding to any email and uh, which is sonar at the digital so both works on on linkedin or email happy to answer
1: all right well i encourage people to reach out to you or get or get connected on linkedin or email or any of the above and certainly check out what you guys are doing well sooner thanks again for coming on the podcast it's been a pleasure and it's uh, great to hear your journey for any of you that are, also have a great journey to tell and you'd love to be on the podcast, feel free to go to inventivejourneyguest.com and uh, apply to be on the podcast. If you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe as, uh, so you can get a notification when this, uh, this episode and all the other episodes come out. And uh, lastly, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. We're always ha- happy to help. Sooner, thanks again. Wish you the next leg of your journey even be- better than the last. <laughs>
0: Thank you very much, Devin, and it was it's always great to speaking with you and thank you for having me. My pleasure.